0: Or um, please turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 24. Um, And if you don't have your Bibles, you could turn on your Bibles as well to Genesis 24. Um, I just want to get the elephant out of the room right now. I know many of you exactly what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor Dan has the coolest shoes in the world. I know that. Um, I just wanted to get that out if it wasn't obvious already. So I also don't want to forget, because I know my mom is watching, happy birthday to my mom. Um, appreciate her so much. Absolutely, she deserves an applause. She, she played a big part in me having these shoes, so thanks, Mom. Um, and I appreciate the fact that you'll be taking me out to dinner later as well, so thank you. Um, it's all good. Love my mom. Happy birthday. Um, we've been in this series, The Christian Life. And if you were here last week, if you missed any of the messages, I would encourage you to go online to christianlifechurch.org to watch the messages because they've just been so um, encouraging and challenging and inspiring. And last week, if you didn't remember anything but this, at least this stuck to me, Pastor Darrell said, the Great Commission is my mission. And if we can not just get that in our hearts and our minds, But apply it, boy, the world would be so different. Um, But I want to start this morning with a little story about a young gentleman who was, uh, he went to work on Monday and he he needed a day off. And he went into his boss's office and he says, sir, I, I need a day off. And he says, so let's just take a look at what you're asking for. There are 365 days per year making that 52 weeks. You already have two days off per week, leaving just 261 days available for work. Since you already spend 16 hours each day away from work, you've used up 170 days, leaving only 91 days left to work. You spend 30 minutes each day on your cell phone, texting, Facebooking, tweeting, Snapchatting, or doing God knows what, which accounts for 23 days each year. Now, leaving only 68 days available, with a one-hour lunch break each day, you used up another 46 days, leaving only 22 days available for work. You normally spend two days per year on sick leave, leaving you only 20 days per year available for work. We are off five holidays per year, so your available work time is down to 15 days. Look, we generously give... 14 days vacation per year, which leaves only one day available for work. So no, you cannot have a day off. Don't you feel sometimes that you work so much, but then in reality, well, we'll get into that in a minute. If you love Jesus, say, I do. I do. Hey, that's pretty good. That extra hour s- sleep did you good this morning. If you're ready for the word of God, say, I am. I am. All right, the title of my message this morning is Above and Beyond. A few weeks ago, on a Saturday night, I was reading the Bible to my children as I do every night before bed, and we were reading the story in Genesis 24 about Isaac and Rebecca. Beautiful story, I've read it many times, but there was something different about that night. It just spoke to me in a different way. The next morning, as I was driving here to church, I got a notification on my phone from Facebook or whatever, from a friend, notifying me that I needed to watch this church service down south live. So I just put it on and listened to it as I was driving here. And wouldn't you know it, Pastor? this pastor was preaching on Genesis 24, Isaac and Rebecca. And boy, did it speak to me. I went home later that day, and I just I had to listen to it again, and I just started writing down a ton of notes and kind of paralleling them to... My, my reading time with my children, and I just felt, man, this needs to be shared with you this morning. So I hope that God's word speaks to you just as it did with me in this experience. So this morning, I want to talk to you about a principle from God's word that will guarantee spiritual fruit in your life. Guarantee spiritual fruit in your relationships, spiritual fruit in your family, spiritual fruit in your job, and spiritual fruit in your church. Genesis 24, in verse 18 out of the Message Bible says, The servant ran to meet her and said, Please, can I have a sip of water from your jug? She said, Certainly, drink. And she held the jug so that he could drink. When he had satisfied his thirst, she said, I'll get water for your camels too, until they, they have drunk their fill. She promptly emptied her jug into the trough and ran back to the well to fill it. And she kept at it until she had watered all the camels. Look at the person next to you and say, you need this whether you like it or not. Turn to the other person next to you and says, because you need a lot of help. It's it's such a great story in Genesis. I know many of you know it, but I want to remind us this morning of this principle. It started with Abraham. Everybody knows Abraham. Um, He made a covenant with God. And in the very first verse of Genesis 24 it says that the Lord blessed him in every way. His animals, his wealth, spiritual blessings. And because of that it brings us to our story and in Genesis 24 is this great love story about Isaac and Rebekah. And Isaac is the son of Abraham and Isaac is the most eligible bachelor on the planet. And whoever marries Abraham's son Isaac will produce generation after generation of blessing until the Messiah comes. It's prophetic. And it was because of Abraham's obedience. If you know the story in Genesis 22, you know God told him to kill his son Isaac, his only son, the son he prayed for, the son he was blessed with, the son he loved more than life itself. But he took Isaac, and he took him up the mountain, and he tied him up, and he he went to kill him. And the voice of the Lord said, stop. And this is what God said in Genesis 22. It says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sands on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their armies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. It was key. Back in that day, they believed in arranged marriages. You didn't just meet someone at the clubs on Friday nights or the bars on Saturday nights. You didn't just meet someone online. Now, if you're into that, great, that's fine. Just watch out for those weirdos. In fact, let me give you a little tip on online dating. Get a reference from their pastor before you meet them. Just just a suggestion. (laughs) This was long before TV shows like The Dating Game and The Bachelor. So Abraham tells his trusted servant to find a bride for Isaac. In other words, he expected his servant to be a matchmaker. This is a tremendous task, but the future depended on it. This servant then goes and stops at a well, a common place where women gathered, and he prayed. He prayed to God to know which girl was the one for Isaac. And he says in Genesis 24, verse 14, says, This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one who you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. So he's looking for a woman to give him water and get him water for his nasty camels. I don't know if you're a camel, if you like camels, great, more power to you than nasty. And he has 10 of them who need 40 gallons of water each. They were on empty from traveling through the desert. And back then, there was a law of hospitality in their culture that said, offer water to a stranger. That was normal. But she does something abnormal. She doesn't know that this guy, this servant, works for the richest man in the world, and he's looking for a bride for Prince Charming, the one who will inherit it all. Isaac's got it all. He's single, he's good-looking, he loves God, he's wealthy. Come on, where's my single ladies at? Right? No money, no honey. Right? This is sounding good. In verse 16 of Genesis 24, it says this woman was very beautiful. So picture this, Rebecca, beautiful woman. She says to the man, I'll give you a drink and... I'll get water for your camels as well. Forty gallons times ten. They didn't have a water hose back then. She used a bucket, a jug. And let's just say this jug was five gallons. She would have to fill it 80 times just to give it to the camels. I mean, she just got her nails done. She got all fixed up for... But because she was doing this, she broke a couple of nails. She got a run in her pantyhose. Her hair is all messed up. Her mascara is running. Just imagine what she looked like after the fifth camel. Her stuff was falling to pieces. She doesn't look so beautiful anymore. But there was something about her. This was her lifestyle. This is who she was. She isn't just an average person. She was above average. You see, she did what was expected, and then she goes above and beyond. This is the principle I'm talking about this morning. It's when you do what is expected of you, and then you go above and beyond. If you have a King James Bible, it would say something like this, exceedingly abundantly. In the modern language, it would say, and then some. If Rebecca treated a stranger this way, imagine how she would treat others she knew. Listen, what she was doing was equivalent to today's day and age of giving a guy like me a bottled water and giving me a $500 gas card. Camels were not just pets. They were their transportation. Can you imagine somebody filling up your tank of gas ten times? It was expected of her to give him water. But it was totally unexpected for her to give his camels water too. But this was her character. Her kindness showed. Her Christian love was representing. And this was long before Christ even came to earth. But Rebecca lived the Christian life. She did this by her own free will. She volunteered without knowing what was yet to come. She could have just said, well, that's not my job. I've got my own stuff to worry about. But she was not an ordinary woman. She was an extraordinary woman a very special person. She also didn't know that these camels were carrying bags full of gold and silver jewelry. Bling bling. Some of you may get that later, all right. Full of designer clothing and very expensive gifts for her and her family. She could have just said, that's not on my resume. Get water for your own camels. But she wasn't doing this because she thought someone was watching her. Now you may be sitting there this morning and you say, well, nobody notices me when I do extra. When I put out forth extra effort, nobody sees when I go above and beyond. Well, that's just it. We don't do this for other people. We do this because of God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters. The standard that God was using to choose a wife for Isaac was not her hips or her lips or her hairdo. The servant didn't judge her by her measurements, but he judged her her by her work ethic, her standard of living. This is great advice for some of you single guys right now. Listen up. It was because she did what was expected and then went above and beyond. These two words distinguished her from anyone else, above and beyond. God is not looking for someone with an attitude of, I don't have to do that, that's not in my job description. God is looking for people who will elevate, who will rise up, who will serve and bless others. You see, this was not a really clean and nice job Rebecca was doing. It would be one thing if she was working in a palace, or in modern day age, maybe she was working at the mall at Macy's selling Chanel number five, but she wasn't doing that. She was at the well selling manure number six. <laughs> Nasty. It was a sorry job, but she's giving it everything she's got going above and beyond. And when you follow this principle, it raises you to a whole other level. When you follow this principle, you live out the Christian life. See, she had no idea that her normal lifestyle choices were setting her up for kingdom come. Two words that distinguish spiritually fruitful people from average Christians, or so-called Christians. Two words, above and beyond. So now that we know the story and all that's going on, let me give you some practical stuff. What does it look like to go above and beyond at work? I saw an article not too long ago that said, what's the secret to living a long life? And pretty common answers. Health, exercise, eating good, relationships. But the number one secret to living a long life was career satisfaction, at least in this article. Those who enjoy what they do for a living live longer than those who do not enjoy what they do for a living. Sometimes we come to church and we over-spiritualize things and we forget. That most of the time we spend in our life is not at church or even at home. It's at work. So how do we get a job that we can really enjoy? Are you ready for the secret? You find something that you love to do so much that you would do it for nothing. And get so good at it that people enjoy paying you to do it because you do such a good job. Sounds good, doesn't it? Easier said than done. But it's true. Listen, I get it. Some of us just have to work and go do the grind, and we don't enjoy it all so much. Especially me. I hate my job, but you know, it's all good. Just, just, just kidding. Just kidding. You get to edit that from the tape. The current workplace philosophy says do the least expected and try to get the most out of it. In other words, minimum effort for maximum reward. Let me tell you something. That's not what God blesses. God blesses what Jesus called the extra mile. Matthew 5:41 says, "If anyone forces you to go 1 mile, go with them 2 miles." It's like you going into your job Monday morning, going to your boss and say, "You know what? I know you hired me to go 1 mile." but I'm going to go two miles for you. You know why? Because I'm an above and beyond person. I'm a Christian, and that's what I do. It's like when you don't just cut the grass, but you pull the weeds too. If we had Christians living the way I'm preaching right now, people would start noticing. Companies would be lining up, begging you to work for them, and they would pay you sufficiently. Employers would say, I don't want lazy people working for me. I want those hard-working Christians working for me. A couple amens, that's okay. We'll we'll continue. Matthew 5.20 says, But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, what does this have to do with what I'm talking about? Pharisees? only did what was required of them. They were clock watchers. They were looking for payday and sundown. Is that how you go to your job? Just You're going there to get paid and get home? Well, Pastor Dan, you don't know what I have to do with my job. I flip burgers, I do this, I do that. You just don't know. I should be running the place. They should be paying me this, and they should be giving me that, and I should be this. You're not going to be anything if you don't learn how to work hard and go above and beyond where you are. Hmm, man, I might have to say that again. You're not going to be anything if you don't learn how to work hard and go above and beyond where you are. When you start doing what is required and then some at that lousy job. You know Rebecca? She was doing that nasty job. Camels spitting on her, trying to give them water. She was trying to do a good thing. Camels spit, you know. I don't know if you know this, but it's... But she was giving it everything she's got. What's happening in this generation? See, we need a generation of people who don't sit back and say, you should give me this and you should give me that. I'm tired of this entitlement generation. You need to say, I'm not going to be an average person in my generation. I'm going to do what is expected of me and then go above and beyond. Now, this is going to shock some of you. But you're not going to win many people to Christ with a Christian bumper sticker on your car. I'll tell you what's going to win people to Jesus. The greatest tool in evangelism, in my opinion, especially at work, to an unbelieving and unchurched people, is when you do what is expected and then go above and beyond on a consistent basis. If that's your lifestyle, talk about a witness Quoting scriptures and testifying about Jesus on the job when you're not giving maximum effort is not a Christ-like example. Man, some of you, five of you just said, i got to leave, this is getting harsh. (laughs) Your employer did not hire you to preach the gospel. He hired you to do an outstanding job in your field. People don't care about your testimony if they see you're a lazy butt. Yeah, that's in my notes. I read it. (laughs) When you're the top producer in your company, you can say whatever you want. When you're the top producer and you have something to say, people will listen. But nobody wants to hear about your Jesus if you lost that big account. Nobody wants to hear about Jesus if you missed the winning shot and you lost the game for your team. But when you have already done something, when you have already worked hard, when you have already gone the extra mile, when you go above and beyond what is expected, it is in that moment when you have an opportunity for your light to shine and God to be glorified. You see, we need to let the Holy Spirit draw people to God. We're just the messenger. He's the resource. That's the powerful name of Jesus working in our life. It's living by example. I heard it said that we need to preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Highly successful businesses have employees who do what is expected of them and then go above and beyond. So now that we know what to do at work, some of you are like, thank God, let's move on. What does this look like to go above and beyond at home? Fellas, let me talk to you for a second. What would happen if you came home from work and you cleaned the house for your wife? I got three women who just fell out right now. And the rest of you men are like crickets. Like I knew I shouldn't have come to church today. I knew that extra hour of sleep needed to. Instead of watching the football game or going golfing, what if you told her, honey, you need to take a break. Go out with your girlfriends, get your nails done, go shopping, and I'll take care of the children. I hope my wife's not watching. This. She was here last night. She, like, she had a heart attack. She's like, the Lord is speaking through my husband. He's just not realizing it yet. The fact is that she is a wife and a mom day in and day out taking care of our needs. And she deserves this. Guys, I'm trying to help you out here, all right? Happy wife equals happy life. <laughs> Ladies, let me talk to you for a second. See, so y'all thought you were off the hook. What if. You ladies sat down and watched that stupid movie with your husband that he likes where all the things blow up and everybody dies at the end. What if you watched that stupid ball game with him that you don't care about and it don't make no sense because you just wanted to spend time with him? Oh, guys, you should have said a big amen on that one. Is this too simple for you? Am I not deep enough for you this morning? Let me get deep right here. Are you ready? Ready? A great marriage is not 50-50. A great marriage is for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death do you part, above and beyond the call of duty, vows and all. In other words, I don't live for myself. Philippians 2 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This applies to everyone and to everyone, but in marriage, we don't seem to like this verse too much. Well, you may say, well, I'm not getting what I need out of this marriage. Let me tell you something. Married couples don't go into divorce court because husbands and wives are doing extra for each other. Married couples go into divorce court because husbands and wives are sitting on their butts whining about what they're not getting out of the relationship when they're the ones that are supposed to be going above and beyond for their spouse. I'm talking to both men and women here, okay? Even if it's all their fault, and it is always their fault, Go back to your vows. Love your spouse. Men, there is more than being in the head of your household than having a zipper on your pants. I know that was harsh. Y'all said, I can't believe Pastor Dan just said that. I'm the youth pastor. It's my last message today. Thank you very much. It's the harsh reality. A preacher once said, you are male by birth, but you are man by choice. And manhood means you take responsibility. Listen, I'm preaching to me. I I needed this earlier this week for sure. Manhood means you take responsibility for your marriage, for your family, for your children, for your job, and for your church. That's what it means to be a man. He goes above and beyond. Listen, highly successful marriages have spouses who do what is expected of them and go above and beyond. Now let's move on. Some of you are like, man, that was, I, I, let's go back to work. You know, I don't want to talk about home life. What does it look like to go above and beyond a church? The CEO of Disney World was asked, How many employees do you have in maintenance to keep this place so clean? He responded, We have 45,000 employed in maintenance. He says, 4,500, you say? He says, No. 45,000. You see, every employee knows that if there is trash on the ground and they are the first to see it, to pick it up. It's an interesting concept, isn't it? I don't know if you've ever been to Disney World or Disneyland. That place is clean. Maybe you thought it was messy. Listen, there's hundreds of thousands of people that go there weekly. It should be trash, but it's not. What if we took this principle everywhere we went, even church? Listen, I'm not saying that everybody needs to be a janitor around here, but what I am saying is what if we saw something on the ground and we picked it up? Well, that's not in my job description, Pastor Dan. Christians who are being like Jesus don't say I'm going to do as little as I can to get by so I can make it into heaven. We need some above and beyond Christians who don't just come to church when they feel like it. We need Christians who don't just come to church when their schedule permits it. We don't need Christians who come just once or twice a month. But we need Christians who come to the house of the Lord every week, who bring a sacrifice of praise to God every week. What if we not only attended church weekly, but we actually prayed every day? What if we read our Bibles every day? What if we worshipped God every day? If you ever read any of the stories in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, what brought the presence and the blessing of God? What brought the fire down from heaven? It was a sacrifice at the altar. Oh, come on now. Should have brought my preaching towel today. Some of you Just want a casual relationship with Jesus one day a week. But the other days, you just want to do your own thing. But watch what happens when you live like Jesus did. Watch what happens when you go above and beyond, exceedingly abundantly, and then some in your life. You see, highly successful churches have Christians who do what is expected of them and then go above and beyond. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. Oh, we love this scripture, don't we? We love it. We serve a God that goes above and beyond. He's God. He's unlimited, right? He's, there's no limits to him. But isn't it interesting that we might have a God who is above and beyond exceedingly abundantly and then some God but he says that it is according to the power the power of me that is in work within you. Mm. God is saying to you today that I'm not just enough but I am more than enough and it is the power that more than enough power that is at work within you. Here's the point. Whether it's at work, at home, or at your church, or anywhere else you go, you need to go above and beyond. Why? Because it's the gateway to spiritual fruit. Because even in the ugly situations in life, you know, back to Rebecca, she was giving water to those ugly camels. But that ugly situation was the gateway to spiritual fruit. Give everything you got above and beyond in every situation, in every ugly situation, and it won't stay ugly for long. In fact, it will transport you from where you are now to where God wants to take you. I'm going to show you this right now. Rebecca, Rebecca, this woman that we're talking about, excellent example, great example, Gets on those camels, those same camels that she was given water to. She gets on those camels and she goes to Isaac. What she was doing in the here and now transported her to where God wanted to take her. Mm. And if you read the story, you should read the Bible sometime. But I, when she's coming to Isaac, Isaac jumps off his horse and he starts running. The music comes on. I mean, it's b- b- better than movies. Read it sometime. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. But it was a scene. God chose Rebekah because she served God and others above and beyond. She didn't do it for man. She didn't do it because she thought she was being washed. She did it for God. We shouldn't do this for man, but we should always do it for God. This is what living the Christian life is all about. And you know what Jesus said in Matthew 25, 40? He says, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Are you an above and beyond employee at your work? Are you above and beyond spouse or parent at your home? Are you above and beyond Christian at your church and everywhere you go? Look at the person next to you and say, I told you you needed to hear this message. Tell the other person, I told you you needed help. You better listen. Here's the thing. I conclude with this and I'm done. Above and beyond is normal for living the Christian life. It's normal. So live for Jesus. Live for Jesus and it will come natural. The principle from God's word will guarantee spiritual fruit in your life, spiritual fruit in your relationships, spiritual fruit in your family, spiritual fruit in your job, and spiritual fruit in your church. Just imagine with me, and I don't want to imagine, I want to see reality. If we all lived the Christian life, if we all lived like Jesus did, it would just be normal. It would come natural. We would serve others above and beyond. We wouldn't think about job descriptions or resumes or, you know, that, well, that's not my job. Well, he ain't doing nothing for me and she ain't doing this for me. Kids are driving me Crazy. Church is boring. Youth pastor spoke terrible. Listen, what if, what if we took the example of this wonderful woman named Rebecca long ago from Genesis, her example, and we applied it to our life right now. It was not because she was just a nice person, but she had the power of God in her, and she loved others as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for Rebecca. I thank you for her life and that you have shown us thousands of years later her example. God, I pray that today when we leave here, that we will be like Rebecca that we will go above and beyond, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter how our attitude might be right now, that we will apply this to our life because we're living for you. God, I pray for those right now that may not know you, may not have a relationship with you. God, I pray today that something, something that came out of my mouth that was from you will penetrate in their heart, and they will accept you today. God, for many others, God, that may be you know, grew up in church, or maybe they said a prayer, maybe they have been a Christian for many years, but today you're speaking to them that it's time to go above and beyond, actually, in fact, just living how they're supposed to be living for you. God, I thank you that you're in control and that it doesn't necessarily depend on us, but it depends on you. And God, I pray that that same power that raised Christ from the dead will work in us and through us to love others, to serve others, to bless others, and to live for you every day. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Do you receive that? Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Praise God.